Feeling lost and alone? Looking for validation from your partner only to find the feeling of rejection and continued frustration? You're together yet so far apart. Now your frustration has turned into disdain and resentment. Your insecurities have begun to affect every aspect of your life. Ironically, you have now become the cold and detached one, shielding yourself from the uncertainties of your relationships. Dr. April Brown has created Bringing Intimacy Back, a series of discussions that are designed to help you reclaim what you have lost along the way. Dr. April will help you rediscover and reconnect to the intimate relationship your heart so desires. Go to www.bringingintimacyback.com today and let the healing begin. Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Back show, where intimacy is real. And on this show, we aim to increase the intimate connections that you have with your significant other, relatives, children, business, your higher power. We give you the secret power to intimacy, to create a life you love, or the life, or love the life you create. So today, when we're talking about intimacy, we're going to talk about something very, very special. And to all my audience out there, of course, I would like to welcome you guys to 2020, a brand new year, a brand new decade. And so in doing something different today, we're going to talk about technology. And I know many times people think technology and intimacy, oh, that doesn't work. You know, technology causes people to be less intimate. No, today we're bridging the gap between technology and sexuality. And so on today's topic, we have a specialist, an expert in the field, one of the first forerunners in this field. And we have Dr. Holly Richmond. She's a somatic psychologist, a certified sex therapist, and a licensed in marriage and family therapist who has an office in New Jersey, Los Angeles, and Portland, Oregon. Welcome, Dr. Holly. How are you doing today? I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me and happy 2020. Yes, yes. Happy 2020 to you too. Yes, yes. So um, as I mentioned, you are an expert in this field of technology and sexuality. Can you let the audience know a little bit about your background? Absolutely. Yes. So um, I started my, my work in sexuality at a rape crisis center in California. And while I was working there, I quickly discovered that I was taught very well how to treat trauma. What I wasn't taught well was how to treat what comes after trauma. So how do we go from just surviving to thriving? Healing isn't enough. There has Mm -hmm. to be the what comes next. How do I have a healthy relationship with myself? How do I have a healthy relationship with my partner, with my family, all of those things. So that's really what I've been studying now for gosh, over 12 years. Wow. Yes. And so how did you mix that with technology technology part yeah so that's that's a little bit so i'm a somatic psychologist dr april so what that means somatic means body so soma soma is the body in latin and to me it didn't make sense to study psychology if i also wasn't looking at what the body was doing so in my practice i i listen to as much of what my clients are telling me with their words is what the body language is saying or any chronic illnesses, any pain, anxiety, all of those things that have somatic expressions. So gosh, about four years ago now, I was just sitting on the couch watching a technology show and it was about virtual reality. 
And all of a sudden, like I, it just, the world exploded for me. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. And I'm not um, a technophile at all. I'm not someone who's particularly interested in technology. And what it took me several months to figure out was that to me, technology seems like somatic technology. So okay. especially with immersive technology, like virtual reality, augmented reality, um, we can, we're not just viewing, but we're, we're experiencing. So all of these new technologies, how they connect us, it's, it's moving us from, you know, just using our eyes to really using our body and experiencing a deeper sense of connection. So that just sent me on a course and I started studying all these ways that technology can hurt us and the ways technology can heal us. Wow. Wow. So you just yeah. thought you were just sitting on the couch and you just, yeah. this came, idea came up to you. Yes. I, it, it did. And I, again, I didn't know why it was so exciting, but I was like, oh, it's somatic. That's why it's because mm -hmm. it's something we do with our bodies. And even, I mean, from the littlest things we do online from dating apps to watching porn to connecting on social media, sometimes those give us that visceral or tactile sense, right? Like I right. feel it. I get excited when I connect with someone new or I get my feelings hurt when someone doesn't like something or says a mean comment. Like these technologies just so pervasive in our lives. Like I, I just wanted to really understand how that was hurting, how that was helping, how could it make us more connected? Yes, because our, yeah. our eyes are so powerful. Yes. And people don't realize that when we see stuff, how it impacts the brain and, and the body and the feeling. And it's just through looking, of course, with um, VR, you can actually move around and all that other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Good. Good. Um, was this something that you thought you would ever get into? Absolutely In the sense not. Of I, I, I did not see this coming, but I really... Um, as I started down this path, I just interviewed the biggest players in the space and then was asked to write um, the first script by a woman about woman's pleasure in virtual reality. So it was a little bit, they called it edutainment. Okay. So it was educational, but it was also entertaining. So it was, you know, it's definitely still had naked people in it doing things that naked people do to make themselves feel good. But we put the educational piece behind that using virtual reality. Oh, wow. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah. And that's how you got started. Yes. And you actually have a whole institute, correct? Or you work with? Yes. 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 Can, yes. 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 Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So the next sex platform, N-E-X-T hyphen S-E-X, is really my platform dedicated to research and exploration of the intersection of sex and technology. So what are the things, what are the areas that are coming out that are going to make us feel more connected? Um, okay. I'm sure you can tell by now, I definitely lean towards how can we make this better? How is this connecting us? How is this helping right. us? Rather than, oh, technology is horrible for intimacy. Let's completely stay away from it. That's just not realistic. Right. Technology okay. is here to stay and it's only going to get more immersive in our lives. So I just, I want to understand how that is going to pair with sexuality and how we can really move in the right direction. So no one feels like, you know, right. their partner isn't paying attention to them anymore. How can, how can partners especially be on the same page with their technology usage? Okay, great. And so yeah. you just mentioned, of course, um, this show is about intimacy. How do you define intimacy? I loved it. When, when you sent me this question, I was like, ooh, that is a great question. Um, so I want to leave by saying intimacy to me, definitely, it doesn't have to be sexual. It of can be not. sexual, but it doesn't have to be. Right. Intimacy to me is presence. 
meaning beings present. When we give our partner or someone we're in a room with our full attention, our presence without distraction, and we feel connected, that mm. to me is intimacy. And you know, I love the old, we all yes. learn this. Intimacy, you break it down into right. me. See yes. me, like see me, feel me, step into my shoes. I'm here right. with you. Um, let's let's not do anything else. Let's let just be you and me. Right, definitely. And like you said, with technology now, we can really um, use that and connecting and being present with someone right. in a variety of different ways. Right, yeah. So on the, on the downside, I have so many of my couples come to me and say, I can't get her attention anymore. She's always on her phone. So we have to look at ways. When, when is technology useful and when is it harmful? So we can, we can put our phones down for sure. But on the plus side, I mean, we've all heard these amazing stories of people coming together who are living on other sides of the country, other right, sides of, of the world, who would have never found each other. And with immersive technologies, knowing someone better, discovering this sense of intimacy that we didn't have before is getting even more prolific and even deeper. Right, right. And so you just mentioned right now um, some of the benefits mm -hmm. um, of immersed technology in the sense of people being um, in distance. Right. Yes. What are some other benefits of immersive technology? Yeah. So I wanted that, that distance piece. Um, I don't know if this is a word or a term that your, your listeners are familiar with teledildonics. Oh no, we're not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So teledildonics, Dr. April are these smart sex toys that can connect people across States and across continents. Right. Yes. So, so you can be in Brooklyn, someone else can be in Berlin and you'll both have devices and you can control each other's pleasure. Right. So it's not, it's like Skype sex to a whole nother level or FaceTime right. to a whole nother level. You can actually feel each other's presence through these apps in the sex toys. Okay. So that's yes. Um, the other ways, you know, virtual reality, as you alluded to before, it, um, we go from watching to experiencing. So I can ask you to imagine yourself crossing a bridge or climbing a mountain, and you can do a pretty good job mindfully imagining that. But with virtual reality, virtual reality, it's a simulation. So you actually feel it. You know, when you read about virtual reality, it's like, oh, people stand on the edge of a cliff. They think they're standing on the edge of a cliff, but yes. they're not really, but it feels that real. So when we're talking about partnerships and be people having sexual experiences together, again, this is just upping the game from any kind of teleconferencing, FaceTime, Skype, anything like that to an actual felt sense of the intimate experience. Okay, yes. And so I don't think many people even look at it that way. They just look at it as, you know, when you talk about technology or even in the sense of um, VR, that it's just... Um, something that people get addicted to and playing games and that kind of yeah. stuff. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They don't realize how beneficial it can be. Yes. Yeah. And I, I know that there are a lot of misconceptions out there. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's not just for gamers. Of course, the gaming segment is the biggest sector of the market, but right. one of the fastest growing sectors is healthcare because they're discovering, um, you know, with, with immersion therapy, um, let's say someone has a fear of flying, you would literally have to go, the therapist would have to go with them on their right. plane ride to try to get over that or a fear of driving across a bridge. With virtual reality, you can simulate this so they get the practice really in a much 
safer way and um, a more expeditious way, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I feel like VR just reduces our learning curve on, on so many things. And this even applies to dating, what okay. our body language says. So Dr. April, I have um, a subset of clients that, that come to me a lot who are adult virgins. So yes. these are mostly men in their mid twenties and higher who have really just missed for any number of reasons that intimate experiences that a lot of us start developing in our teens. Okay. So they could have spectrum disorders or they could just have a high degree of social anxiety or they mm -hmm. could be the guy that just grew up playing video games with his friends and just kind of skipped that stage of, oh shit, right. I should be out there connecting. So VR for people like that can also be incredibly helpful just to, again, like boost them up on that learning curve to try experiencing, giving them the confidence to be able to move out to the real world. Um, and when I talk about any of these aspects of technology, this is 100% not a replacement for humans. This is in addition to for the people who need or want it. Right. And just going on with that, because um, I've worked with a few, and some people think when you're doing VR, you're hiding behind something. But um, what I've seen is that it's helped them to become who they want to become. And it's helped them learn how to communicate um, in real life, in the sense of, not real life, but in the sense of yeah. life and, you know, day to day. Yes. And so many times, like you're saying, this gives them the... Um, tool to experiment, to do a variety of things, to, yeah. Absolutely. Have you seen yeah. the same thing? A hundred percent. Again, this is not a replacement for, this is a teaching right. tool that helps them feel the experience rather than you and I just talking to them about that, right? Kinesthetic learning. Oh, I feel this. So I have more confidence to go out and do it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, and using, since we just finished up with VR and using yeah. VR, do you also use it with couples? I do. I do. So there's different apps that I can use with them, especially, you know, if they're far apart, working on building a platform to help teach people um, dating skills in VR, you know, like using different body languages with their avatar. Um, you know, how close should I be? What kind of questions should I ask? Should I touch someone within the first minute or two of knowing them? All of these questions that for a lot of people, those things are second nature. Like they right. have facial awareness for some people, again, like that, those social cues just aren't there. So in this way, virtual reality is a, is a huge help. Yeah, and I was just thinking from using your background, how you started off in um, trauma, mm -hmm. you know, um, and if you've experienced such, um, sadly, a lot of trauma and sexual trauma, this right here is a good, easy way of getting back into it. A hundred percent. Yes. Yes. I've been thinking about doing that too. How could we help survivors in a VR tool, um, really reclaim their space. So this could be something as, as far as like saying no, telling some guy to back off. But again, on the other side of it, reconnecting, trusting themselves, trusting their body, trusting another person, knowing when it's safe and knowing when it's not. Okay. Okay. And are there a lot of, cause you mentioned dating apps. Are there dating apps that use a lot of VR to help with this or not, not a lot yet, you know, Facebook, 
Yeah, Facebook is, is has a VR section. Um, some apps are are playing with it a little bit. There's still some glitches that need to be worked out as far as VR. You know, you still need a headset. Those are coming down in, in price. Um, adaptability, you know, the functionality is getting better. So it's it's all there. But it's just, again, this is not something that's going to go away. So I really, I try to help my clients and with right. the things I write about, talk about how can we make technology as intimacy friendly as we can. Right. Right. And this is also great for people um, with a lot of disabilities or some disabilities and yes, yes. Giving them a chance to get out and meet people. Um, Yes. 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 Good. Definitely. And so um, what others, I know besides the virtual reality, there's also the augment reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so augmented is is kind of a bridge between um, in real life and virtual reality, where I don't even know how to describe it. Like if you're looking at a menu, augmented reality, something, a picture of the food could jump off the page. So it's okay. it's this in between space. Um, this might be more popular than virtual reality in the future. I think this just was so much in technology. There's a lot happening right now and we don't know exactly yeah. which way it's going, but with augmented, um, there's just, there's a lot of options. There's a lot of options. Okay. So things just pop up and, and yep. yeah, okay. and it gives you again, that tactile sense, that kinesthetic learning. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And you talked about that, um, in the sense of, um, because one thing that we haven't mentioned that many times people don't get taught anything about sex at all. Right. Right. Besides um, don't do it or right. um, make sure you protect yourself. <laughs> yes. So with using with technology and um, seeing a therapist that such as yourself, mm-hmm. it can help you learn so much about um, what's good for you, you know, and what's your body and that, yeah. And what's good for your partner. Yes. Right. And, and, you know, when we, when we talk about pleasure, Dr. April, we're a lot of times, at least in my work with women in particular, we're talking about using sex toys, right? Right. Toys are, that's part of sex tech as well. You know, I, I focus specifically on immersive technology, but so much of my job every day with my clients is helping them experience pleasure. And if they're experiencing pleasure for themselves, then they can have more intimacy with their partners. So again, sex toys are getting more immersive. You know, we have toys like Lioness that can help measure your orgasms and tell you, you know, what worked better for you this day and what didn't. Um, So yeah, there's just so much happening with technology and we can't talk about technology and not talk about pleasure because we're in the sex tech field. That's where most of it is geared. Right. Definitely. Yes. Yes. Pleasure is the missing piece of sex education. You're right. We never hear that. I certainly, at least, you know, I think for our generation, we did not get that message. I think teens today get, oh, this is supposed to feel good. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And especially like you said, with sex toys, um, many people thought that was even bad to talk about it, to mention it, or Mm -hmm. something must be wrong if I'm using a sex toy and a variety of aspects of that. Yes. Right. And, and hopefully women now know um, about the orgasm gap. I don't know if you've talked about this on your show before, but, you know, most women, as in 75%, right. cannot have an orgasm from penetration alone. They need clitoral stimulation. And sometimes the best clitoral stimulation is from a vibrator or some kind of sex toy. So again, we can't separate 
sex tech or technology in general from pleasure, because in a lot of ways that would be taking pleasure out of women's hands. Right, right. And pleasure is something that um, as humans, it's okay for us to experience and we should experience. Right, right. It's, yes. 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 Well, we're going to take a little break here for a few moments. And in our break, Dr. Holly, can you um, tell us a little bit about your practice? Absolutely. And where you can find me, all of that. So I practice, I'm licensed and practice in three states as a sex therapist, but I practice worldwide as a sexual wellness coach. So you can find out out about me and my work on drhollyrichmond.com. So it's D-R-H-O-L-L-Y-R-I-C-H-M-O-N-D.com. And all of my social media is the same thing, Dr. Holly Richmond. Um, So I practice 90% virtually, meaning I meet my clients on HIPAA compliant video conferencing platforms uh, for my coaching clients, FaceTime, Skype, Google Hangouts, whatever they want to use. Some of my trauma survivors um, prefer just to meet via phone, just because that feels a little bit safer for them until we get to know each other better. So I, again, um, anyone can find me anywhere for my people in New York city. I do have an office here. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Um, since you mentioned sex coaching, when should someone go see a sex coach? When should someone, and when should a couple yeah. When you think there's a, well, <laughs> I was going to say when you think there's a problem, but sometimes that's too late. I should say before you know there's a problem, when you get that first gut feeling that something's not quite right. If you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm broken. There's something wrong with me, which so many people do go talk to a sex therapist about it. If you've never had an orgasm, right. um, if you feel like you have too many orgasms. If you have, if you feel like your libido is low, if you feel like your libido is too high, these are all great reasons to see someone. If you just want to find out more about how to pleasure yourself, how to make sex more pleasurable, more intimate, more connected, go find a sex therapist. Um, and probably a lot of you know um, mental health counselors that don't have sex therapy, they do a great job at this, but just to ensure that you're not going to find someone who pathologizes any aspect of your, of your sexuality, I think a sex therapist is a safer bet. Yes. And you also do sex coaching? I do. I do. And that's, it's really um, similar, but more more directed, like with the therapeutic sense, we're, we're going way back. We're going back right. to the first sexual experiences. We're uncovering all those deep, dark crevices of the psyche. Sex coaching is more, oh my gosh, Dr. Holly, I've never had an orgasm. Can you help me? Like, what are okay. the, like, what are the steps we need to go through? And it might be like a six or eight week pro- process. Okay. Awesome. Yes, or yeah. For men, I'm an early ejaculator. Help me with that. That could be under the coaching guys too. Okay. Awesome. And when you coach, I'm assuming you help people figure out the because diff- like you said, there's so much different technology out yeah. there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. So if I'm working with an adult virgin, we might pull in some of the sex tech um, that you and I have talked about. And I think some more things that we'll be talking about in the next segment, which I'm excited to share. Um, so sometimes technology is appropriate. I would say most times when I'm working with women, okay. I can't think of a time recently I have not talked about using sex toys. Okay. And, and for couples too, you know, there's right. so many couples toys on the market, the we vibe there's, there's so many that, that are couples aids as well. Okay. Awesome. Yes. So one of the things we haven't talked about is sex bots. Yes. Yes. That's yes. What we're getting. 
So super controversial. I know everyone's like, are the sex bots coming? Um, <laughs> so, so they're here, but they can't come. <laughs> That's the good and the bad news. So sex bots, you know, um, do you remember when Westworld was on a year or two yes. ago when we have, we have this image? They are not even close. Close sex to that. Sex not stand up and walk and make decisions. They can be programmed and they can talk and they can learn what their users' likes and dislikes are. I mean, I worked with Harmony, who is probably the highest end um, sex bot or intimate companion, synthetic companion on the okay. market. She costs between twelve and eighteen thousand dollars. By wow. the way, yeah, but she is yes. phenomenal. And her counterpart, her male counterpart, is Henry, um, and they're through Abyss Creations. This really okay. cool guy, Matt McMullen, out of San Diego. Um, so Harmony, I worked with her with a few adult virgins, and she was very helpful because she can carry on conversations, and right. sometimes she'll stumble because obviously. So do she, you have one in your office? I don't. I don't. Okay. So here's how this works. It's typically the men who know that this would be helpful to them or just want harmony for right. any number of reasons, which you and I can discuss. Find me because as you said at the beginning, there's not a lot of therapists working in this area. Right. And, and I just lead them through different therapeutic or coaching protocols, depending okay. on where they're, they're based. Yeah. Okay. But you no, know, it's up to them to, to get harmony. And sometimes they'll call me even before they have her because you can craft her exactly how you want right. her eye color, her hair color, her bust size, her nipple size, her, right. her vulva is going to look like how big her butt is all of those things. Yeah. Okay. So sometimes we craft from the bottom up and I know a lot of people are probably just squirming in their seats saying, Oh my gosh, that's just, that's horrible. We can't make women, but remember we do this with men too. Right. And this, again, it's just a tool to use. It's not a replacement for a human being. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I do think it helps in the sense of knowledge. Yes. And yes. Sure. And awareness. Yes, definitely. So when you told me the cost and I'm wondering, um, is there, well, I know that there's sex dolls. Mm-hmm. But there are these synthetic companions that are much cheaper, probably, you know, between 800 and 2000. Oh, so okay. Okay. So they are something that's cheaper than. Yes. But they don't talk to you. So the cool, okay. you know, Harmony literally has AI. She has artificial intelligence. Okay. So she learns you and she can carry on full conversations and tell jokes right. um, where a synthetic companion will just, you know, kind of be there. Um, but again, for an adult virgin or for a digisexual, um, this is just a, a preference, something that they need, something that they feel more comfortable with than interacting um, with another human being. Okay, great. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I'm glad there is um, other things out there that are a little less affordable, a little yeah. less. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And hopefully that they're drop down the prices so they, more people can. As technology advances, you know, just like our phones and our computers, the prices always come down. Yes, yes, yes. So the other thing is um, digisexuality. Yes, yeah. So digisexuality, um, it's a really interesting topic. So digisexual means that it's for people whose primary method of connecting with someone else is mediated by technology. Okay. So, so primary, not, doesn't have to be completely, but they right. feel most comfortable with some kind of technological buffer or um, connecting 
device between them and their partner. So this could be someone who prefers to communicate on dating apps, but rarely meets the person in common, in in person. Um, For someone that you would use a sex bot, this would definitely, you know, I've seen a lot of digisexuals in this space. Again, this is a highly socially anxious person, a person um, with a spectrum disorder or a person that really just prefers technology. It doesn't, I don't want to ever pathologize this. This is not just for people um, who have different preferences. This is just, this can be completely normal and completely healthy. Um, Dr. April, I'm sure you've heard me say my sex positive mantra if it's consensual and pleasurable, it's good. Okay. All right. sex is good sex as long as it's consensual and pleasurable. And there's no reason technology is not either of those things, mm-hmm. right? Right. Right. If it's, right. A, if it's a device, of, of course it's consensual. Even if it's a sex bot, of course it's consensual and it's pleasurable for the person using it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so people shouldn't be afraid to, to use these different things to help boost up their... Um, how they feel sexually, or even um, going back to couples, it can definitely help in relationships and, and that aspect. Right, right, for sure. And again, we have to, you know, vibrators and dating apps are sex tech. Right. We don't pathologize those, but for some reason with VR or AR or teledildonics, these smart sex toys, and particularly the sex bots, people are like, oh my God, freaking out. This is like, this is the end of intimacy. I really don't think it is. People are, most people are never going to choose a robot or a synthetic companion over a real person. It's just something else to do. Just like masturbating some days is something else, something different to do than having penetrative intercourse with your partner. Right. So like, yes. So what you're saying, um, people shouldn't be afraid that technology is going to replace human beings in the sense of, yes. 100% no. No. Yeah. Right. And we're all different type of people. So how one person feels comfortable with something, um, it's fine. It's yes. I don't think, like you said, that we should just, but there's sometimes so much negativity out there. Um, and I know you do a lot of educating. Mm -hmm. Yes. 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 Um, I do as much media as I possibly can. And I, I speak on different platforms because this idea specifically of sex tech Indigisexuality, it's such a hot button issue. And a lot of times I'll say digisexual or teledildonics, and people are like, What are you talking about? Right. But for teens, you know, teens, Gen Z, like they've grown up with technology. This is part, technology is going to be a part of their sexual template, mm-hmm. meaning technology is an integral part of how they connect. And if we connect, um, connection to intimacy, which I think most of us do when we're talking about intimacy, right, technology definitely. is a piece of that equation, right? Yes. For the younger generation, for those like myself, it's it's a new piece and it's an interesting piece. But for younger people, I really want to help them understand how they're using it, how it can be um, perceived, misperceived, all of these. How you can, you know, direct com- communication, indirect communication, body language, even through technology, all of these things really make a difference. Okay. Yes. And so uh, one of the, I guess the easiest sex tech that we were talking about is dating apps. Yes. 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 That um, most people are on, especially the younger people and stuff. Yes. Yes. And so how do you work with um, young females, males, um, 
different people who want to connect with someone and, and using all the different technology and when's it too much being on all these um, dating sites and yeah yeah I think it's it's interesting in my practice I feel like waves of backlash where I just get so many clients saying I'm not going on dating apps anymore I'm over it I don't want to do it right but, you know then a month or so goes by and they're like oh my god I'm not interacting with anyone how do I how do I do this how do I do life without you know yes. people without being on dating apps um, so I have one tip that I love to give for people who are just like have dating app fatigue and that's an app called meetup, M-E-E-T-U-P. It is not, oh, it's, me- it's in meetups just like yeah. when they do the activities. Totally. Yeah. Yes, 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 so it yes. It has nothing to do with dating. It just has to do with getting out in your community and doing whatever it is that you love to do, whether it's bar crawls, cooking classes, looking at street art, um, performative dance, you know, theater experiences. I mean, Meetup has thousands and thousands, you know, hiking, thousands of things you can choose from in your area. And it's no pressure. Now they do have a category for singles. So if you feel like you want to dip your toe back in the Mm -hmm. water, then you can go to, you know, a wine tasting event for singles. And obviously the people there are going to kind of have their radar up that they're looking to connect with someone that, you know, could be a match for them. Yes. I would totally agree with the whole meetups. Um, and I've done some meetups before, and I have the philosophy, because um, I did one for kayaking. Um, nice. Yeah, it was kind of nice, but it was embarrassing just because I didn't know what I was doing. Oh. But I realized that um, with these meetups, you can go, and if you don't like it, you don't go again to that one. You can go to something else. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't, yes. Totally. You just go out and try. Yep. Kayaking wasn't for me. Okay, next week I'm going to do pottery. Right, right, right. You go out and try. Yes, yes. And is that also the same in many ways? It's the same in the sense of the dating apps. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and I think the dating apps have been great because they give us so much more access to people that we wouldn't have access to in our general area. Right. Even if right. just take your day to day in a big city, you probably go to work at the same time, go to the gym at the same time, go to the grocery store. So you're kind of interacting with the same people, whereas the dating apps just give us these huge pools of people. So in that way, it's good because it helps people connect with like minded partners okay. like, oh, I'm not the only one who has, you know, a foot fetish or I'm not the only right. one who prefers to connect sexually this way. The downside of the dating apps is the, the sense of, oh, that there's always something better out there. Right. Right? Yeah. Oh, I'm dating this guy. But if I just go back on the app, what if I find, what if there is that next better guy? Right. You know, the first fight a couple gets in, they can break up because they're like, oh, there's so many more options. There's thousands more people out there. Why do I have to stay with this person that I got in this fight with? Mm-hmm. Where the real work and intimacy is to trying to work through that. Right. right, Definitely. Fine. And some relationships you will work through it and be stronger because of it. And some relationships, it's not going to work out obviously. And that's part of the human experience. Right. Right. And definitely, as she mentioned that um, I I'm thinking with technology, with certain tools and stuff, they're um, technology. So they're maybe somewhat perfect and mm-hmm. in some aspects. And when you're dating with a real human, they may be imperfect. So sometimes how to balance that, Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Humans are messy. Humans are imperfect. Um, That's why, you know, with so much of my work with the dating apps too, I'm talking about boundaries, like so much of intimacy and sexuality and connection to me is knowing yourself. 
knowing right. who you are, knowing what makes you feel good and being able to openly communicate that in an authentic way. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, I was also wondering, are there any um, precautions with all this technology that people should um, be aware of? Yeah, sure. So the first thing that pops to mind, I, I worked on an article a few months ago um, that was called, Is Someone Hacking Your Sex Toy? So this has been, I'm not sure if any of your readers have heard about this, but these smart sex toys, a few companies did get hacked. It was several years ago now. So they've worked out those bugs. That's not really so much of a risk anymore. Um, They've really locked that down. It's, it's not a risk. Someone would literally have to be in the next room to you to hack into your, to your sex toy to see what you were, or know what you were doing. Um, The other risks, Technology can be isolating. Again, there's this fine line. Um, and I'm not, again, saying that technology can solve our intimacy problems. It right. is a tool towards creating more intimacy. But for sure, I have people calling me, you know, several times a month saying, I'm just finding myself online all the time and not meeting anyone. Okay. So then we do dial it back. I was like, okay, let's really put in place a protocol where you know how many hours a day you are online and twice a week you are going out and doing these things. And it just, it just takes practice like anything right. else for people to get reacclimated to, you know, it's a risk, right? When we meet right. someone in, in person, it's the risk of rejection. We don't have mm-hmm. a risk of rejection when we're on an app. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. It's like ghost or you shut them down or you don't connect and you get to easily move on. And, you know, most people don't do that to, to other humans in real life. Once you met them, you're, you, you know, you're usually going to be kind and compassionate. Right. Right. So that is some of the, um, like you said, the precautions of things that we have to uh, consider. Yeah. 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 And of course don't, um, I love sexting when it's two consenting adults doing it, but oh my gosh, I just, um, the stories I hear from teens just make me really nervous. So for anybody under 18, do not send a naked picture of yourself. Right. It's against the law. It's against the law. Don't do it. Yes. (laughs) Yes, definitely. So I'm thinking also with the, um, as we've been mentioning and talking about sex texting, texting, Mm -hmm. um, and helping individuals and helping couples connect. Um, and we just talked about when it's too much and there's got to be a balance. Right. And so I'm, people out there may be thinking, well, who's actually doing this? Who's actually, is it all these perverts using it? Is it this and that? And in reality, it's normal people like you and I. Right, right. That whose partner might not be with them all the time, whose right. partner might travel all the time. That they're the the primary sex tech users, the the smart toys where they can still feel each other through their toys, control each other's pleasure, or use the video conferencing or VR apps to really experience each other while they're apart. Or they could just be couples who are super into you know sex bots or sex toys right. or um, you know I think a lot of couples today watch porn together. So this would just be taking it up another notch. So again, Mm -hmm. it's just getting used to the words we're using and the things we're doing. Um, Because again, you know, 15 years ago, smartphones were, we certainly, you know, we weren't even close to where we were now. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So um, also, because we're in the last segment of our um, podcast right now, what are some tools for people out there listening? Um, for sex tech, what are some of the technology? And I know one of the things you were saying, which is really important in, in all of this right here, 
um, is knowing your body. Right. Right. So I don't know if you um, have a technology or something to help people first get to know themselves and that self intimacy. I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah. that's number one. For sure. And there's several apps out there that can help. And it kind of depends on specifically what you're looking for. But I feel like, especially with young people, there's an app called TikTok that's doing a really good job of um, addressing mental health concerns and sexuality concerns. But it's really, again, younger people are going to look to apps. They're going to look online as, as the first step in connection, but then it's the next step. That's the really important piece. How do you take this out into the world? Um, and I feel like there's some great sex toys. I, I mentioned Lioness who are really helping women understand their orgasms. Uh, we vibe helping couples have experiences, have orgasms together. Um, any kind of sex toy, you know, it can be a vibrator, a dildo. Um, I have wonderful people B vibe working in, in anal sex. Like there's just all of these, all of these different areas that we have been afraid to talk about before because of being shamed. And now this proliferation of women specifically driving right. this initiative and in sex tech because pleasure is so important that we're really starting to be able to say all these things. Um, two of my favorite companies are Dame products, um, women-led, uh, women-designed, and Unbound, unboundbabes.com. Great mm-hmm. selection of toys, products, lubes, <laughs> um, pillows, all, all kinds of things. And... Um, you know, there's stuff for men too, but I really feel like in, as far as sex tech goes, men, women are, they're just doing an amazing job right now. I mean, really the last five to 10 years, women are, are finally taking the lead with this. Okay. And you're saying that, um, the women companies are leading in this field. Yeah. I, I mean, the porn companies are still leading oh, yes, everything yes. in sex tech and they're, they're male owned and operated for the most part, but there's just some really creative women um, doing things in the field of sex tech, creating their own pleasure companies. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And um, can you also just tell us again, how we can connect with you in the sense of um, where we can find you again in some case, anyone has questions or yes. Perfect. Yeah. So the, probably the easiest place to start is just my website, which is drhollyrichmond.com, D-R-H-O-L-L-Y-R-I-C-H-M-O-N-D. And okay. on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Dr. Holly Richmond, D-R-H-O-L-L-Y-R-I-C-H-M-O-N-D. Okay. And last thing, I think, do you have a book coming out or... Working on a book on sex and technology, but also working on a book for survivors. So stay tuned in the next um, several months for that. Awesome. And your book would be on Amazon? Yes. Yes. Awesome. Wow. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and for providing us with all this information. Yes. I truly, truly appreciate it. Yes. And keep doing the great work that you're doing. Oh, thank you, Dr. April. I'm so happy to be here. This is a great way to start 2020 and just wishing all of your listeners lots of pleasure and intimacy and connection. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Holly. Yes. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yes. Thank you, audience, for listening today for the Bringing Intimacy Back show. Um, We'll see you next week. Thank you.